0: If if we listen, if we let God do something, amen. And as you watch that, that picture of the garage, I think, is many of us, if not all of us at some point where we can go back and think of things that have happened to us. And we held a grudge and we let things offend us and we didn't deal with those things. And so that garage is just filled up with things that have offended us. And now we're mad and we're upset and we're unforgiving and we, we've, we're offended and, and then it's affecting everything we do. It's affecting our relationships. It's affecting our relationship with God. And so we need healing of that this morning. Amen? In this third week of the series, it's, this isn't going to be an amen message too much. I'm not looking for your amens, but I want you to listen because I've got some nuggets for you that are going to help you. I've got some things I want you to write down if you take notes. And as you were watching that, this is the first quote I want to give you. This is going to get us started, and we're going to be in a minute, we're going to be in Matthew 18. But listen to this. If you get offended, and the feeling of being offended is a warning indicator. Have I mean, you ever been driving down the road and your check engine light comes on? Desi's been having that happen to her car recently because of a recall that they did. And that's the worst, right? You take it in to get a recall, and then they start, other things start going wrong. When that light comes on, it's an indicator, and someone mentioned that not too long ago in a prayer or in a message, and it tells you something's wrong with your car. If you get offended, listen to me, if you get offended, it's an indicator light that there are some internal issues that you need to deal with. Okay, that's a fact. It's it's something telling you there's something inside of you that needs to be dealt with. And we have to look within ourselves to resolve these issues. To get healing in your relationships, you need to look in the mirror. How many know when we start thinking about relationships, automatically we go, man, I need healing in my relationships. We start thinking of the other people. We start thinking of the people who've hurt us or the people around us that need healing. We start thinking, man, they need to get healed and they need to hear this. And someone might, right now you're going, man, I hope so-and-so's listening. I hope my spouse is listening. You're thinking in your spirit, I wish I could just nudge them and say, pay attention. But, but the healing comes when you look in the mirror. At yourself. And you start to find out what's wrong with you and not what's wrong with somebody else. Because let me tell you, let me give you some notice this morning. There's only one person you can change in this world, and it's yourself. You can't change your spouse. You can't change nobody around. You can't change your coworker, but you can change yourself. So let's look at Matthew 18, verses 21. i are going to read several verses here, 21 to 35. But I want you to see this. I want you to really get this. And I know without a doubt, when we're done, there's going to be some healing in our relationships. Marital, in our, in our, with our kids, with our families, with our coworkers, with our church people. And, and I'm not, we're not preaching this because there's necessarily a, a pandemic in our church of relationship problems. The, the, the thing is, is we're trying to be healed in all these areas of our life. And, and some of it can be prevent, preventative as well. Amen? And some of you might have already grown in some of these areas. But the bottom line is, this is an area that, that could be preached for a whole entire year. It's an area that everybody needs to be healed in, right? Because everybody has relationship problems. And it says, Peter came to him and said, Lord. And I want you to see an attitude as we read this, okay? Because it's an attitude that we have. Lord, how often should I, if my brother sins against me and I forgive him, how many times should I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but seven times 70. 70 times seven. That's 490 times it's not necessarily that you're, that you're marking off, right? And we're going to get into that in a second too. That you're marking off, okay, 400, 420, 450, and you get to that 490 and then you stop forgiving him. It's not that. He put a number that was really big because what he's saying is you have to keep forgiving. You have to keep forgiving and keep, and keep doing that. But it's interesting as you go through this message, you're going you're to see some things I say that are going to be interesting about numbers and about marking and keeping score because that's, that's what's interesting about the number. We do that in our lives. If you're taking notes, write this down. Don't keep score. In your relationships, don't keep score. Some of you that are newlyweds, some of you that are going to get married, some of you that have been married a short amount of time, this is, this is, this is golden right here. Don't keep score. Who's winning? and Who's losing? The relationship arguments and the battles. So Jesus says, no, 70 times 7. And then he gives this example, and this is the attitude, because what we do as people is we go, they're, they're the ones that got the problem, not me. They're the ones that got the problem. But let me go to an offense real quick. I'm going to read this for you. This is interesting before we get back to this. Pay attention. To be offended is a choice. Do you realize that? If you get offended, you've chosen to be a, No, man, they did this to me. They, you have a choice It's not a condition that's inflicted or imposed on us by somebody else. You allow yourself to be offended when you're offended. Let me me explain that a little bit more. When nobody can offend you without permission. What do you mean by that? It means they can say whatever they want, but you have the right to ignore it. Do you all get that? When somebody offends you and you say, Uh, I'm going to allow that offense to bother me. You have given them permission to offend you. But if they offend you and you say, I'm not hearing that, I'm ignoring that, I'm not going to let that bother me, I'm going to let that go, I'm not going to put it in the garage and and hold it for later, like that Christmas tree from 1981 in the pajamas. I'm not going to hold that, I'm going to let it go. When you do that, you're telling that person, you don't have permission to offend me. So you have a choice. You get offended, you've allowed that offense to come. So he says, it's just like this, watch. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wants to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's a lot. And as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he, he be sold, his wife be sold, and children, and all that he had, and that payment be made for this offense. The servant, therefore, fell down. Listen this, this is so powerful. And said, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And guess what? Guess what the Master did? The Master did what he does for us. He was moved with compassion. And he released him, and he forgave him the debt. Now I want to stay right there for a second. This is the attitude that God wants us to have. If you're going to have healthy relationships, it's going to come from you realizing how much Jesus has forgiven you. How much has Jesus forgiven me? We we don't have good relationships a lot of times because we haven't had a real encounter with God to realize what my sin looks like. That's why I say you look in the mirror and you see what's wrong with you. And and this is this is something that you have to do. If you're here right now and you're even listening to me and you're you're thinking of somebody else, stop. Stop thinking of the other person that needs to change. You need to change. I need to change. It starts by looking in the mirror. I hate to quote Michael Jackson, but the song he wrote a bunch of years ago was had some spiritual profoundness to it. He said, "I'm talking with the man in the mirror." I'm asking Him to change His ways. We need to understand that I can't have a good relationship with somebody else if I don't have a good relationship with myself. And if I lie to myself and deceive myself and I don't deal with myself, I'm never going to have the relationships that God wants me to have. And, and, and so this man gets what exactly we have so we get we get forgiven for our sins we get the the grace and the mercy of God and we get freedom and we get grace and 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 God pays our debt and then what he says is now I want you to pay that forward and I want you to forgive others like I've forgiven you but watch what happens in this story that's not what happens the servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii which is nothing since and he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat and said pay me what you owe and so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying have patience with me and i will pay you all does that sound familiar it's exactly what that man did the other man did to his master but he would not and he went and he threw him into prison he should pay the debt and when his fellow servant saw what he had done his master called and said you wicked servant I forgave all that you that your debt that you had because you begged me should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant amen just as I had pity on you and his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. Now watch this. So my heavenly father will also do to each of you, if from his heart, he does not forgive his brother his trespasses. What does this mean? This means I cannot accept Jesus' forgiveness And say, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and he has paid my debt and I'm going to heaven and not forgive other people the same way that God has forgiven me. Amen. I have to pass on the same grace and mercy to somebody else that has been passed to me by Jesus in all his love, in all his compassion, in all his power. I've got to pass that on. Now watch this. Write this down. This is important. Forgiveness is not an option. It might be in the world. In the world, it's an option. They can do what they want. But in church, in a, in a Christian walk, in the kingdom of God, it is not an option. He said, you must forgive. You have to do this. Now, I, I'm quoting uh, Pastor Mario here from a few years ago. I found a message that he had, had done, and I don't know if it was his quote or somebody else's. But here's the choice we have. An offense is going to happen. You're going to get offended. Or, like I said earlier, you're going to have the opportunity to allow someone to offend you. If that offense takes place, you can decide that that offense will be your tombstone or it will be a stepping stone. You choose. You don't really have the power over what someone does to you, but you have the power over how you react. Amen? How many believe that this morning? So here's a few things to write down as we go through a few more verses here. And I want to get you a thought process going. So I already already said this. Don't keep score in your relationships. Don't keep score. Don't tally who's done more right or wrong. Well, I'm winning. You know, we, there's been 35 arguments this month, and, and I've won 27 of them. She's, she's lost five. She's, lost, she's won eight. Whatever. Don't, take, don't keep score. That's not, that's not a godly attitude to have. And here's one nugget that I can give you from my own personal experience that I think will help you. Somebody in an argument, in a situation, has to be the better person. Somebody has to say, I'm, I'm going to stop, and I'm not going to retaliate. They offended me, or they said something, or they, 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 they you know, hit a nerve, and, and I'm going to hit a nerve back. Somebody has to say, I'm going I'm, I'm to be the one that ends this. Or what happens? It keeps on going. And then someone says, well, I've got to get the last word in. And this is kind of what Proverbs chapter 15 says, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath. A soft answer turns away wrath, and a harsh word stirs up anger. So in an argument, man, I got, you get the last word in, then they get the last word, and you get the last word. All it does is stir up more anger, more anger, more anger, more anger. You're not getting anywhere. But a soft answer turns away wrath. And I would even go further than that. I would give you a more soft answer than a soft answer and just don't say anything. Learn when to stop. Just not to, not to say anything. Just be Quiet take a walk, go somewhere, do something, get away, and, and we'll fix this later. I'm not, we're not going to deal with this right now. Amen? How many are here with me so far? So as, as we're thinking about these verses and reading these verses, the healing comes in our relationships when we start to realize what Jesus did for us. And once we forget that, that's when we get off course. That's when we start holding grudges and, and doing different things. And we don't. And, we, and, we, and again, we go back to that video where, where we, we have that room we go to. And you might not even be doing it on purpose, but we do it. Go back to that room and, and that, that we hold that grudge and we say I'm never going to let them go, let that go. And how many have ever seen? I'm going to give you an example. How many have ever seen the old uh, sh- show called Andy Griffith? Good old show. They don't make good shows like that anymore. And Barney Fife, right? They're the sheriffs. And uh, my dad could tell me real quick. What's that? Uh, Mayberry. Mayberry. Sheriff of Mayberry. And so how many have ever seen the show? And if you watched it long enough, you would know there was this guy named Otis. And he, would, he was a drunk. And a lot of times they would get in in the morning to the, to the, to the sheriff's office, uh, Andy Griffith and, and, and Barney Fife, and they would, they would see Otis in the, in the jail cell. And he had come the night before, and he had a key. And he would lock himself in the jail and put the key outside so when they came in the morning, they could let him go. And the reason he did that is he knew he was, gonna, he was drunk and he was going to cause problems, so he would lock himself in, in the jail cell. How ridiculous is that when somebody is so messed up that they lock themselves in their own jail cell? Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Well, guess what? That's what we do to ourselves when we don't forgive somebody. That's what we do when we allow someone else to offend us. If, you, if I could show you a movie of yourself right now, tonight, or tomorrow, or last week, going and getting in a jail cell and locking yourself in the cage, how crazy would that be? That's what we do. And we do it thinking that we're affecting the other person. By holding a grudge. By being mad at them, by being angry at them, by not forgiving them. We think we're hurting them, and we're the ones locking ourselves in the jail every day. Why would you want to lock yourself in jail? Well, you don't necessarily want to, but you do it. Because you cannot get over these offenses that have happened to you. Amen? Matthew chapter 5. Let's look at this. Verses 23 and 24. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, okay, this is an attitude. That's why we have the altar call and we have a place to come to. And he says, and there, when you're there, and this is what Pastor Dwayne was talking about when he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him. How many have ever had that happen? And you know the Lord told you something, but you didn't listen and you remember it later, right? And so you're at this altar and you're praying and the Holy Spirit says, you've got a problem with somebody. You've got someone you need to forgive. You've got someone you need to go ask for forgiveness. He deals with you at this altar. That's what he's saying. He says, and you remember that your brother has something against you. Watch what he says to do. He says, leave your gift there. When it means gift is, we're all, how many know we're all ministers here? Everybody's in the ministry. We're all preachers. We're all evangelists. We're all telling people about the Lord. So we have a ministry. He's saying, I don't want your ministry. I don't want your spirituality. I don't want your talk. I don't want anything if you have the wrong attitude. Go ahead and go to the altar and act like you're praying there and everything, but get up the same way every time. And don't deal with your problems. He says, I don't want that. He says, leave your gift there. Leave it at the altar and go your way. And then, he says, first, go be reconciled to your brother. Go make that right. Go ask them to forgive you or go forgive them, and then come back and offer me your gift. He says, then I'll accept it when you have it, give it to me in the right way. Amen. How many know God's word is strong? How many know surgery hurts, but once you get the thing fixed and it heals, then you feel better. Okay. Now I want you to. I want. I'm going to give you three areas, and I'm going to come back to something in a second here. Just write this down. We're not going to get into each area, but three areas you can work on in your relationships for healing. Number one is trust. And how many know trust is earned? When trust has been broken. It has to be earned back. But you have to be willing to give the church person a chance to earn the trust back, All right? You have to give them a chance to earn it back. Number two comes very hand in hand, honesty. You have to be honest, be real, be open, be transparent. And the third one is you have to have compassion. Compassion, the heart of God, amen? Going back to, if God forgave me, how can I not forgive? I wish sometimes we could see, you know, watching that video. I, I like to show videos. You know that. I like to show videos because it gives a, a, an, a, an easy way for me to explain where I'm going with a message. I wish we could see what our sins look like. I wish we could see what we look like on that screen, our lives. We would act, we would act so different if we would realize how, how compassionate God has been to us. And But we have the audacity sometimes, church, and the pride to not forgive somebody else for what they've done? We say, well, God, you know, I'm worthy, I'm worthy of God's forgiveness, but they're not. I mean, that's very prideful. That's not a good attitude to have. And so we have to get to a place. And listen, I know there's a lot of things that have happened to us that hurt. A lot of things. There's, if we were to open up the mic today and talk about things, if people hurt hurting this place, you would be blown away of all the people who've been hurt in this place. But that does not give you a right To not have compassion on other people. Because God has had compassion on us. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Amen. So forgiveness is not an option as a believer. It is a must. Now, one area I want to hit before I move on and begin to close is this. This is a big one. Maybe the biggest. Write this down as you're taking notes. Do not assume that the other person in your life knows they have offended you. Okay? Did y'all get that? Don't assume that the other person knows they've offended you. There are too many times that we as, as Christians especially, we are being offended by somebody, and we automatically think by maybe the way they looked at us or, or, or something that we heard or, or, or through somebody else's you know, gossip or whatever, that's, that something's going on. And it's not the case a lot of times but we assume it. And sometimes people go on years in the church and don't even talk to each other because they assume that somebody offended them. What does the Bible tell us we're supposed to do when we have an offense with somebody? We're supposed to go to Facebook. I think it's in, in uh, Revelations chapter 56. We're supposed to go to Facebook. And we're supposed to put our feelings out there. And we're supposed to tell the whole story, but just not put the name. Right? Right? Instagram, my bad, I, Instagram, Twitter, or somebody in the church. Right? Is that what we're supposed to do? Somebody offended me, so I'm just going to go tell everybody but them that they offended me. What are you supposed to do? The Bible says, go to that person. It doesn't say go to the pastor. It says go to that person and say, you offended me. <laughs> you know you haven't offended me. But you go and you say, you know what, you, you, you looked at me the other way the other day, and I thought you were mad at me. Were you mad at me? Q, were you mad at me? Right? And, then say, and, and, I, and I, I'm, man, are you serious? You weren't mad at me? And Q's like, no, I was mad at someone else behind you. I was looking right past you, so on somebody else. <laughs> and all this time, I'm mad at Q. And I'm assuming that Q has offended me. But, it wasn't, he, but he says, no, no, no. A lot of times, nine times out of ten, the intent. I'm not saying there's not bad intent sometimes, guys. But nine times out of ten, the intent wasn't even there or they didn't even know that they did something that offended you and you go on through life being offended by them and then they're looked down by you and all this stuff's going on and it could be fixed with a conversation. Especially by Christians. And you know what? They have the right to tell you, yeah, I hate you. I can't stand you. You get on my nerves, right? Right? But, you, but they'll have a chance to be honest with you at least. But, but don't assume that they know that they've offended you. And that happens in marriage. That happens with kids. That happens at co- with coworkers. You can have this thing going on, and it might not even be anything there. Amen. Now, let's go for the three verses to finish. Matthew chapter 6. Here's why this is so serious. I can't show you any clearer. And why am I focusing so much on forgiveness? Because that's the core of our salvation. It's the core. I I don't know what else I could talk about that's more important than than forgiveness. He says, Jesus' words. For if, and there's that word if, means there's a clause. That means there's, there's something that both parties have to do. He says, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. How many like that verse? It's a good verse. That means if I I forgive, I'll be forgiven. And sometimes we kind of leave it like that. But watch what he says. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. You know what that means? That means you can tithe every dime that you have that's right. You can carry a Bible in your hand. You can pray night and day. You can come to church every time the doors are open. You can give to the poor. You can blah, 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 blah all day long. And listen, there's going to be some people who do that who are not going to go to heaven. Can give me a whistle. Anybody whistle good? It's truth. That's truth. That's what he means by don't come to the altar with your gift. I don't want it. It's almost like Somebody bringing you a gift and it's stolen. Right? You find out you got a gift and it was stolen. Don't give me a stolen gift. Right? The police are looking for it. Thank you very much. I'm going to get what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's basically what we're doing. God's like, I don't want your stolen forgiveness. You, you, you Get your heart right. I don't care if you tithe. That's great. I don't care if you pray. All that's great. That doesn't matter. Because your, your prayers are hitting the ceiling. Because last time I checked, church, the only way we get to heaven is through forgiveness. That's the only way we're getting in. Because if we, how many know if on our very best day, we're wicked? On our very best day, Isaiah says It says our righteousness is filthy rags. Means it, on our very best day. Think about the day you thought, man. I didn't lie, I didn't cheat, and having bad thoughts. I prayed, I fasted on that day. Outside of the forgiveness of Christ, you are a lost soul. So forgiveness is really, really important, and Jesus takes it really, really serious. So it's not an option. We must forgive. One more nugget to write down. It's a big one. This is with God, and this is with your. Spouse, this is with your family, this is with your coworkers, with anyone. Never ruin an apology with an excuse. Y'all get that? So if I, if I step on, on Q's foot and then I say, I'm sorry, but your foot's just so big. It's in the way all the time. That's an apology with an excuse. Amen? And that's, that's the light side of it. But how many know on the serious side, you apologize for something, and then you go, but I wouldn't have done it if you wouldn't have made me mad. So you just ruined your apology. Never ruin an apology with an excuse. If we come to God the right way, we say, God, I'm sorry. We don't go, but I'm just so weak. But I just couldn't help myself. But, but, this is how I was raised. But, and we start, how many know God doesn't care about that? God, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. You say to that person, listen, I'm sorry, genuinely sorry. And you know here's, here's what goes back to the score. You don't look at the whiteboard and go, look, I'm sorry, but if we really think about this, I got 28, you got 23. So I'm sorry, but I mean, but really, I'm winning. How many get what I'm saying. Don't keep score. Don't tally things. Don't, don't try to figure out who's right. Just do your part. Think about what this world would be like if we would live by the golden rule. If we would treat other people like we want to be treated. That kind of leads me into the next verse. It says, verse, Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another. How many know as Christians, we we need to be kind to one This I know there's times to fight. I know there's times to stand up for what we... I, I get all that. But we, kindness is a powerful thing. Kill them with kindness. You ever heard that? Kill them with kindness. Another verse in the Bible actually says that. It's in Matthew as well. It says, you can reap coals on their head by being nice to them when they want you to be mean to them. Be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted And watch this, forgiving one another even as God and Christ forgave you. How many know we need more compassion? you know we can ask for that? A lot of us aren't nice people in our core, in our nature, but we can say, God, help me be like you. Help me see people like you see me. We know we need God's eyes. Talk to people like you want to be talked to. That's why it's, for all you young people, it's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with being a yes sir person, yes ma'am, having respect for people, talking to people a certain way, responding to them in a way you'd want them to respond. Because sometimes if we could see or hear ourselves, we would be blown away. We'd be like, did you say that? Really say that? And it's one thing to think it, but it's another thing to say it. I was given the example in the first service, the, the respect and honor of, that I have for my pastor, I can't even put in words. Because he's, he's, besides my wife and my savior and my kids, he's the most, pour, pour, most important person in my life because he guides me, teaches me, helps me. So I, I, I've had, but I've had people over the years, and I don't, and I don't hold this as a grudge, it's just, it's just things that have happened, that have talked to me in a way that I'm like, I could never, it could never even pass through my mind to say that to my pastor. To speak, to speak to, no matter what it is, I just, I just have too much respect. How many know if we'd live our life like that? If we'd say, how could I talk to someone like that? I would never. How many go, I, I can't believe they said that to me? But you, how, how many know it's very possible you just said that way to somebody else last week? Let's see, we're not looking in the mirror. We're not working on ourselves. We're self-righteous. We're looking at everybody else. God says, I want you to worry about you. I want you to be kind and tenderhearted. And I want you to forgive one another as Godhead Christ has forgiven you. As the musicians are coming. Remember, an offense can be your tombstone. Or it can be a stepping stone. Somebody has to be the better person. Don't keep score. If you're being offended, it's a warning. It's a light telling you something's wrong on the inside never ruin an apology with an excuse. And lastly, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8, above all things, have fervent love for one another. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. Love goes a long ways. Amen? Get to where you're cleaning that closet out. Get to where you're not holding grudges anymore. Get to where you're not allowing other people to put you in jail. Or you put yourself in jail by allowing other people to offend you. Know who you are in Christ. Know who you are in Jesus. Know who you are in the blood. Of, know your forgiveness. Know, know what God has given you. And as you've received, freely, freely give to others. And God will heal your relationships. But one of the biggest things you can do this morning is throw that scorecard out. And stop keeping score. And let yesterday, and we am kind of already getting into that last, series, last part of the series, but let the past be gone. Let it be under the blood. And as far as the east is from the west, like our sins are. Father, this morning, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that right now we're all on the operating table. And you're, you're doing surgery on our hearts. And, and, and too, too many of us could relate to that video. And the grudges that we hold and how we hold on to things and label them and remember them, and count offenses and compare offenses. But God don't let us do that this morning. Heal us. Forgive us. Help us to forgive as you have forgiven us." How many in this place, all over from front to back and side to side, watching online, listening on the podcast this morning, could say, "Pastor I, I need forgiveness." I know that I am lost. I know that I'm going to, to hell. I know that I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have any hope without Jesus. Today, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. He's ministered to you. He's revealing to you that you cannot be forgiven without the blood of Jesus. If we were to measure up, we'll fail every time. Maybe you're here and you've never given Jesus lordship. How many would say, that's me this morning? Just lift your hand. All over this place. I need Jesus to come into my life. I see your hands. It's not about religion or a church membership. It's about saying, God, I'm, I need to put you as my Lord and Savior. I need to put my faith, my faith in you. Maybe you're here and, and at some point in your life you said that prayer. You said, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you're my Savior, but today you're making wrong choices. Today, maybe you're holding a grudge, and today maybe you are a mess because you won't forgive. And it has caused you sickness and pain. And today you want to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm coming back to the mercy of God, the mercy seat of God, and I want to get right with God. How many would say that's me? Just lift your hand up and put it back down. Honest hearts, I see your hands. God bless you. I see your hands. God bless you. Right before we open up the altar this morning, I want to ask you to do one more thing. If everybody would just stand, we're going to say a sinner's prayer here in a minute. Several hands went up for salvation and for reconciliation. Would you do one more thing? This is the most important decision you can ever make. The Bible says that when I confess Jesus before man, he'll confess me before the Father. It's a public statement. You know what? I I need to get things right. If you raised your hand in this place this morning, would you do one more thing? Would you step out of your seat? Would you be bold and come down here? And stand with me so we can pray with you. We make a public confession of our faith this morning. Come on, just step out and come down. Several hands went up. Come on. Just step out and come down. Several hands. Come on. Let's wait on them. Amen. Come on. Maybe it's for reconciliation. Coming back to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would everybody say this? We're going to go offline here in just a second. When we open up the altar, we're going to leave this on for those that are watching to say this with us. This is what it's all about. Someone today, can their life can change. And everything you've ever done in your life is going to be clean, like back of this paper. Nothing there. Totally white. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. I know that I fall short of your glory. Jesus, would you come into my life and forgive me of my sins? I know that I'm destined for hell, separated from God because of my sin. Because the wages of my sin are death. But I also know this morning that you're a merciful God. And the gift of God is eternal life. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I ask you to come into my heart and take my life over. Forgive everything I've ever done and make me a new creation. From this day forward, I'm changing and I'm going to let you change me. Please write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. The Bible says the angels are rejoicing in heaven right now. Amen. For these decisions. Hallelujah. Maybe you made it online. Praise God. We, we congratulate you. Hopefully to see you soon. Amen. As we shift into the altar call now.